Welcome to Transcending Identity. I'm your host, Nicole Lee, and I am thrilled to be your guide on this incredible journey of self-discovery and transformation. This podcast is designed to help you connect deeper with yourself and transcend the identities, beliefs, and environments that may be holding you back from living your best life. Through insightful interviews, thought-provoking discussions, and practical advice, I speak with incredible people from around the world who share their stories of transformation, transcendence, and triumph. From entrepreneurs to spiritual teachers, athletes to activists, you'll learn how they overcame obstacles and reached new heights in their lives. I will also share my personal stories, insights, and tools along the way. By listening to this podcast, I hope you feel seen, supported, and inspired to live your best life. Thanks for spending time with me today. Your time to transcend starts now. Welcome to today's episode. My amazing guest and beautiful soul is Mary Bell. I met Mary in 2021 when I scheduled a discovery call with her to discuss copywriting for my business. I had just taken the leap from corporate America into full-time entrepreneurship. And as we started going through the details of my business, Mary shared with me that I was undervaluing myself and what I had to offer to the world. She saw me before I saw myself. And I will forever be grateful to her for her pouring into me the way she did at a time I so needed it. It was also during that call she briefly shared how she went through a similar journey and how important it was to stay true to yourself and trust your intuition even when it feels scary to do so. Mary's life is a testament of this. She made and continues to make bold and daring choices, achieving amazing results. Mary's journey includes serving as a doctor of philosophy, an energy healer, sales marketing and operations leader, and in 2020, she took the remarkable leap starting her own business centered around copywriting and email marketing. Further adding to her portfolio, Mary is now also a certified breathwork practitioner, and she launched the Breath Chamber, which is a virtual community designed to help entrepreneurs leverage breathwork to reconnect to their truth and achieve balance in their demanding lives. During our conversation, Mary shares insights into how to courageously connect to your fears, trust your inner wisdom, and remain authentic and faithful to self while also releasing the expectations of others. I hope Mary's story inspires you to embrace your authentic self, trust your intuition, and boldly go after what feels right to you as you navigate your unique journey. Mary, I'm so excited for you to join us today on the podcast. How are you today? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. I always love, I know your guests aren't going to see our faces, but I always love seeing your face. Oh, I love seeing yours. They'll see on the cover art. They'll see okay. our beautiful faces. Oh, all right. I just love your story of how you've constantly morphed and adjusted and just moved into all these amazing spaces that many people would not even think is possible. Being a healer and a doctor of philosophy, a business owner, now going into to breath work, I just want people to go on this journey of just how you were able to make all these shifts in life and mm. be wildly successful at it. I love that. Thank you. I think, you know, s other people view it as a strength. And now I'm at a place where I do. But for a very long time, I thought it was a weakness of mine that I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I didn't have an exact plan. I remember being 
freshman in college. I mean, you're like 18, 19 years old, right? And I was surrounded by other 18 and 19 year olds who they didn't only know the degree that they were going to get, but they knew the job and the career that they were going to have when they graduated. And I felt so lost and confused and out of place and alone because I was like, I don't have that. I don't, I don't know what I want to be. I don't know what I want to do. And it wasn't even like, I feel limited. It was just, it feels like a daunting decision to decide what I want to be doing 20 years from now, right now as an 18 year old, <laughs> you know? So I thought of it as a weakness. And then as I just started to align more with myself, I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter what other people are doing. Mind your own business and stay on your road, you know? <laughs> the expectation of society to have to figure that out at that age is just very interesting to me. Yeah. And so when you mentioned staying in your lane and getting back with yourself, like what did that look like for you? How were you able to do that? Well, again, here, I think that I wasn't as good at this when I was younger. I tried to fit the mold and I tried to do what was expected of me. You know, when I was in that scenario and in undergrad and didn't know what I wanted to do, I left school and I came home and I was like, oh, I'm just going to figure it out. And I don't know if I'll go back to college. And my mom was like, oh, you're going to go to college or you're going to join the army. I was like, wow. Oh, okay. College sounds good. I'll go to college. Because <laughs> <laughs> mind you, it was 2001, 2002. Okay. So I was not wanting to join the army at that time. And then when I, when I went to school here back in my hometown, then it was, you know, I remember my dad meeting with one of the school counselors with me to help me pick a major because I still was like, I just don't know. So he kind of helped me through that process. And I, I picked a major because it was something that I enjoyed, not necessarily because I could see a career with it. But I kind of did what was expected until things would bubble over and I would feel stressed and sad or angry or regretful that this is this was the path I was on. And I would start to look back and be like, okay, well, you got here because you're doing what everybody's wanting you to do. What do you want to do? And I would just get internal with it. And I think too, now that I'm like speaking it out loud, and this was later, this was in grad school, but I failed a very major exam in grad school. Mm. And you get two chances to take it. And I failed it the first time. And I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't even necessarily want to be in grad school to begin with. Right. <laughs> but I was there. And I had worked so hard and invested so much time and so much energy. And I, I really worked hard to get smart and to get good grades because I didn't necessarily when I was younger. And I thought, oh my gosh, I just failed this exam. I get one more shot at it. And if I fail it again, I get kicked out. And so it was this moment of saying to myself, what's the absolute worst outcome that could happen? And can I be okay with that? And the answer has to be yes, because that's just life. <laughs> so it was like, 
I was given this opportunity and this vision and this experience to say, you've followed this path and you've done everything you were supposed to do and you, you're living up to the expectations. And if by chance it all crumbles and falls beneath you, what will you do then? And it was like, well, I'll find a different way than this, I guess, wasn't my path. And just becoming aware of that, that there is an opportunity that the things that you want won't come true. Then you just have to say, okay, then I'll try something else. And that's okay. And I did end up passing it the second time and going on to get my PhD, but I got a tattoo on my foot after I failed it that says, it is done, it is done, it is done, amen. And it's the end of a prayer. It was a girlfriend of mine, my best friend at the time, we both got it. Um, and she, that was a, an important prayer in her life. And I thought it was so fitting, just those three lines, it is done, it is done, it is done, amen. And that became like a philosophy to me, you know? And then it gave me more courage to try new things and to jump without a net and to take risks and like, it's all going to be okay, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was like releasing yourself of the bondage of other people's expectations created such this, I'm visioning like things just opened up. Like it was like a totally different world that you hadn't even considered until you declared that failure was okay. Yeah. And I mean, even to have the connection to it be symbolic, I just literally sat here, the fact that it was on the ankle and tied to feet and walking in a path, right? Like how powerful is that symbolically of continuing to move forward and having a representation of that on your ankle. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. I feel like every time we talk, I share something and then you put words to it that I'm like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it like that, but that is exactly so perfect. Even the once I was okay with failure, more doors opened. And that's, that's what it is, right? It's overcoming that fear of rejection and not living up to other people's expectations. And it's all of this external stuff. And when you go, it's okay. It's okay if all that bad stuff happens. It's okay if I fail, it's okay. And then amazing things happen. <laughs> wow. So based on you connecting with yourself, I sense that you actually decided to connect with fear versus resist it. And as a result of that, like you say, other things opened up and amazing things opened up. So what were those amazing things? What happened after that? What other things opened up for you? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what happened. Around 2009 is when, and that was, that was actually right around the time I failed that exam too. It all kind of happened at the same time, but that's when Reiki came into my life and I became a Reiki master. And then my husband and I, now husband, we were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time, moved to Nashville. So I got certified in Reiki specifically because I was having a health issue. And I got certified in Reiki and started practicing on myself every day and, and rid that health issue to the point that my doctor didn't believe it. She was like, wait a minute, we should double check this. And I'm going to check myself because I don't trust the other doctors. And, da, da, da. and she checked and she was like, oh, my God. 
yeah, I don't know what to say. But when you get an attunement like that, oftentimes it changes a lot of things, right? It clears some karmic energy and and just all kinds of different things can can change. So my love life changed. I was dating somebody else, broke up with him and immediately got reconnected. We were friends a long time ago with my husband. A few months later, my geographic location changed. We moved to Nashville. <laughs> my career trajectory changed because out of the random blue, the professor who I worked with, who was my mentor and advisor, got a job at Vanderbilt in Nashville and worked it into the deal for me to go with him and, and be able to transfer. And like, here I was, <laughs> not the smartest kid. And then finally by college, I started to get it. And then by grad school, I was really smart. And then to end up at Vanderbilt though, still was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then got into a spiritual community there and continued that path. And it was like, just a lot of fear dissolving. And I forget the original question you asked me now. It was the amazing things that were happening. So you just, you answered that question, right? Yeah. Is that the Reiki, the energy healing work came to you and the profound shift energetically that helped you heal your body and your mind. And then you shared about your partner who's now your husband reconnecting with that and then going to Vanderbilt. So, I mean, yeah. you answered the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some of the amazing things, those are not all of them. And same thing happened there. You know, I was confronted with a tough decision. I knew I did not want to become a professor, which was what the program I was in, that was their goal, was to get you to, by the time you graduate, you already have been accepted you know, you've had a job offer and accepted a tenure track position at a research one university. Like that's the goal. That's the gold standard. And I knew that that's not what I wanted. And I still, I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew that wasn't it. And I had to have the most like fearful conversation, most difficult conversation I ever faced. One that I was trying to avoid and it was only making me miserable. And I finally had to have a sit down with my professor and tell him, I don't want to become a professor. And that was a really difficult conversation. And our relationship didn't heal after that, but it, it, it needed to happen. It was necessary. And it was, again, one of those conversations that I went in and I was like, the fear was, you know, these are the people who are going to help me graduate, right? These are the decision makers. These are the ones who say you get the degree or you don't. And I'm about to tell them that I don't want to do what they do. And I don't want to be like them. And I was very nervous that that might have been a nail in my coffin, you know. But again, it was that, well, if I, if that, if the worst case scenario happens and they kick me out or don't let me graduate or don't support me or whatever, I got to live with that consequence and I'm, I got to be okay with that. It's not worth it to do something I don't love and that doesn't align with me just to appease other people. Cause I'm the one who has to live with myself. I sleep so good at night <laughs> because I live like this. I live in alignment with myself 
And when I don't is when I have trouble sleeping or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that alignment is so, so important. And listening to you, can you recall, and I know that's been some time, what have you done or what do you continue to do to build up that courage to continue to put yourself first and making those decisions and being able to process to say that I'm going to have to live with this. I mean, that level of awareness and courage to do that is so difficult. And it's been difficult in my life sometimes. So I'm I'm curious what you've done and continue to do to help you stay in alignment with yourself in that way. I think it's been this what feels like a lifetime now it's been this lifetime of experimentation right and Mm -hmm. getting the proof every time that when i make those big scary bold courageous decisions the proof is the outcome is the result is i win (laughs) things get better things align doors open opportunities come and so i think at the beginning it was harder you know it was like like that conversation with my professor i really had to work up to that like i remember crying on my friend's front porch just bawling my eyes out not wanting to go have this conversation sick to my stomach like and probably physically sick and then i did it and then everything ended up fine and I'm I'm better off that that wasn't that I didn't follow that path just because that was the expectation, the external ex- expectation. So I think it's these little bits of proof every time. And so for anybody who is feeling this urge to do this kind of fear work or courageous work, it's like start with something small. Start with something that makes you nervous. Maybe you don't have to start big, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> claiming that you are ending a career opportunity, <laughs> you know, when you have no other prospects. Yeah. Um, but now, like just the other day, I refunded a brand new client $1,250 because it was not aligned. And it was a struggle for us to even get our onboarding call scheduled and she couldn't make the time. And For three weeks, I invested energy into this client who I hadn't even had my onboarding call with yet. And it was like, I know I can help you. I know I can improve your business and make all of this time stress that you have no time for anything. I I can make it go away, but you have to show up. You have to be a partner in this. I can't do it for you. It's your business. You're going to have to do it. And I was looking at the lead up of the past three weeks and what it was like working with this client before we even got to work together. And I was like, you know, I just don't think the time is right for this right now. I'm going to refund you. And if you can find the time to set aside and actually sit down and dedicate some time into this, because we're going to be making big, big business decisions. I need your focus, I need your attention, I need your time, and I need your in. That that doesn't seem like where we're at right now. And I refunded her. <laughs> and, you know, two years ago at the beginning, or three years ago at the beginning, I wouldn't have been able to do that. 
you know, the be- I'm, when I say the beginning, the beginning of my business. So mm-hmm. even in this venture, this is a somewhat new venture for me. I've been doing this since 2020 on my own. So even three years ago, making some of these courageous decisions in my business was tough. But as I continue to make them, and then I see the result and the outcome, and it's amazing, it's more proof to me. So it's it's like experimentation. And um, whether you want to call it spiritual or energetic or whatever, it's true. It's ha- It's real in its consequences. And so that continues to give me the proof and the courage I need to to check in and say, is this in alignment? No, it's not. Get rid of it. Even if it's scary. I don't have 1250 to replace that person with right now. Right. Yeah. But I'm about to land a client that could be four or five thousand a month. I'm nodding my head just listening to you. Spending more time and energy in a place that's not alignment can actually close a door or not have create the capacity and space for that thing mm-hmm. that's trying to show up. Absolutely. It most definitely prolongs it and could just close that door altogether. Yeah, for sure. So let's circle back with what your business is. I think you have multiple businesses that you're running. So I have um, a couple, like a couple different services that I provide, but they're all sort of under the same umbrella. So I'm a copywriter specifically email marketing is where I shine. It's what I love to do. It's where I can help my clients the most. And then under that umbrella of my business, there's sort of three different things I do for clients. I either write their copy and hand it over in a Google Doc, or I manage their email list, which means I write the copy I plug it into their email service provider. I schedule and send the emails. I set up the automations. I do proper segmentation and list cleanup all the time. It's it's very strategic and technical and creative. It's all of those things. So that's like full service email marketing. And then I have a side where it's like just the strategy piece and maybe copy chiefing. And then I have the breathwork practice, which is... I still include it as uh, it's part of my brand. It's under my umbrella of the same business because it's specifically, I mean, anybody could join my membership, but I specifically gear it towards solopreneurs okay, um, who deal with this. I call it stressing and obsessing over your business. You know, like you love it so much, but also it's become, you've become financially dependent on it. So it has to do well, Right. It's both. You love it and you need it. And when we push, 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 and we obsess about how much we're marketing and are we doing it the right way and are we on the right channels and the right platforms and our lead gen and then our sales calls and are we closing enough and are we having enough conversations and should we join another mastermind? I need another coach. I need, it's like all this desperate energy we can get into And that repels clients, it repels leads, it repels opportunities. And I found that when I started a consistent breathwork practice, because the day I bought my certification, the very next day, my biggest retainer, 7,500 a month, had to let me go. 
So I had just bought my breathwork certification, which I wouldn't have bought if I had just lost my biggest retainer, you know? So that was also yeah, perfectly timing. aligned timing. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have plenty of money. Let's just <laughs> buy this certification, you know? <laughs> and um, it was something I wanted to do for a while, but I had the money, the free, you know, extra money to do it. And I did it. And then the very next day, my client and I had, she was so heartbroken and we're still friends. Um, but that was a very hard decision that she had to make. And it was, again, one of those things that I had to be like, okay, so what's next, you know? And at first it was this desperate energy of how am I going to replace that 7,500? I've become dependent on that money and it wasn't working. I was getting rejected left and right. I was getting sales calls and every single one of them was saying no. And it became this frantic energy. And then I said, you know what? There's nothing I can do. I can't act, take action to get out of this. I'm doing all of the things. I'm doing the marketing. I'm doing the networking. I'm doing the content marketing. I'm, I'm emailing my list. I'm showing up. I'm being consistent. I'm doing all of the things. So I need to chill out <laughs> and get aligned and let go of the result that I've told myself I need and that I'm not okay unless I have that result. I need to get drop all of that, drop all of that. And I got into a consistent breathwork practice and all of a sudden everything started flowing to me. Now, mind you, I'm still doing the things that I do. I'm still taking the actions. You can't just not do anything but I'm much more laid back and relaxed about it. But everything started coming. An acquaintance from an old mastermind that I used to be a part of reached out and was like, hey, are you taking clients? Because I've got these three things that I don't have room for. And I'm like, yes, I am. And somebody else from that mastermind just posted an opportunity recently. And I was like, hey, you know me, you know what I what my work looks like. Um, you know, here's some things. And now I've got, I'm writing as, um, that's a very hot lead potential that could close into a deal. I offered to do a free audit on somebody's email strategy. And when I was going over the results with her at the end of the call, I was not even going to pitch. I was just like doing it. And at the end of the call, she's like, okay, so what can we, how can I, how can I pay you to work with me? And I was like, okay. You know, it was like all of yeah, these just things. All aligning based on you letting go. Letting go. And you know, you could do that many different ways. I think breathwork is a beautiful way to do it because for control freaks like me, the people who feel like we have to take action, it gives you an action to take. It gives you some, and especially the technique that we practice, we practice conscious circular breathing. There is this beautiful combination of control and letting go, control and letting go in this technique. And so I was like, you know what? This worked so quickly. I have to share this with more people right now. So I launched a membership for it and we meet online and it gives you a consistent place to come for that community and practice and letting go. <laughs> There's so many different modalities and I love that you shared that of you have to sit and figure out what works for you. And I had never heard of a breath work that 
combines those things like you were saying. And so with your membership, just to make sure that I'm clear, it's for solopreneurs and entrepreneurs who are looking for another way to connect, you said community, as well as connect with themselves and release some things in the process. Is it a monthly membership? So it's an annual subscription. Okay. Which is initially it started as monthly, but everybody who bought in paid in full for the year. And I was like, okay, these people get it. They understand that we need consistency. And that's that's the other part of it, right? Because you could learn the technique and then say, oh, I'll do this on my own. But you won't. <laughs> or you will <laughs> the for a little, the while. little bit of the accountability there <laughs> the accountability. is what I hear Mary saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So it, it is community. We call her. So the membership is called the Breath Chamber, but the members inside are called Rhythm Riders. Ooh. Which I love. But I love that name because it's like, it captures everything. It's the community. It's the adventure. The breathwork technique that we use is, it's exciting and it's euphoric and people walk away from it and they're like, I've never done anything like that before in my life and they want more. So it's it's like an adventure and it's breathing together. You know, it's it really is like getting in rhythm and getting in sync and how that affects not just the people in the group, but the ripple effect that we end up having on people outside. It's like, it's just infectious. I love it. It's my happy I, place. <laughs> I could tell, I was gonna say, just just you talking about that, the, the happiness tied to it. And we'll make sure in the show notes, obviously we'll have all the information about your marketing, sales and marketing suite, as well as the Breath Chamber. Mm-hmm. Okay, breath, yep, chamber, breath chamber chamber and the annual subscription is that an ongoing so folks can just join at whatever phase yeah, they want they but can, it'll just they be can a year join okay. anytime i offer a free session to try it out because people may not know <laughs> what we're doing in there and before you say oh sure i'll sign up for a year you might want to taste and then me you know like do they like me as a facilitator and want to be a part of the group that that i've you know, the the nurturing that I'm offering and the group that I'm fostering and and the identity that we're creating inside there. So I like to give people a taste so you get to try your first session free. Oh, beautiful. I love the intentionality too of that connection. There's so many offerings out there, as we know, right? And I would love your perspective, especially with your background of how individuals are actually losing sight of that connection and intimacy as part of their business. What you've seen working, not working, any advice from that perspective, I'm sure would be helpful for people, especially when we talk about staying true to your identity as part of the work that you do. Gosh, I feel like I could answer that so many different ways, depending on how exactly I interpret it. (laughs) I think one of the main things that has made me be successful in this online space Mm -hmm. is connection and community. I am a part of and have joined several masterminds that are really, it's about more than networking and making people aware of you. It's real connection inside and developing friendships. And I've had people, you know, fellow copywriters who if you, if you try and relate it to the 
quote unquote, the real world, you know, like mm-hmm. working a nine to five job, like how you would talk to your coworkers, you might not get this deep, but like as business owners, we need, we need that space to be vulnerable with each other and whatever the community is. And I've joined several because I get different things out of different communities. Uh, but those relationships, when things have been tough, it's the relationships and the transparency when other entrepreneurs are transparent about what is really happening because everybody has ups and downs. Um, a lot of people only share the up, right? And so if you're not in community and you're, you're not making friendships and developing relationships in smaller intimate circles, you go through all of those things, right? I don't belong. This isn't for me. I'm not good at this. I'm a failure. I quit. So I don't know if that answers your question as you were thinking about it. <laughs> Everything you've shared here, just even with your personal story, is being mindful of detaching yourself from that so you really can be honest and with yourself, be aware, and also focus on the connections that you can make regardless of what the outcome might be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, even through my own journey, that that was the challenge because I got consumed as someone who also left that, you know, the nine to five was more like 24 hours <laughs> coming into this solopreneurship. And I did get caught up like in the, oh, this club or this mastermind is going to help me do X without being intentional. I love that you shared that part of checking in with yourself and looking at what is the why beyond the the execution or transaction or goal you think you're going to achieve with it. Oh my gosh, 100%. And it's so funny listening to you talk about that I'm reminded of, and this was not even a connection with other people. This was a connection to myself. So the same thing happens internally. Mm. So when I was pregnant with my second daughter, she was born in September. That August, while I was pregnant with her, I did a 10-day silent meditation retreat called Vipassana, which I don't know if you or your no, listeners have heard of. Oh, it's amazing. But the organization that I did it through, they offer three different ways that you can do it. So like you can go all in and you're meditating for 12 hours a day for 10 days straight. You can do like if you're a CEO or you have a lot of flexibility, you can do like the second level, which is, you know, pretty much six hour day, you know, whatever it is. And then I did the one that was like, hey, I still have a child to take care of and a business to run. I have work for clients to get done. So I did the one where (laughs) I think I was waking up at like three in the morning and meditating from about three until 6 a.m. and then getting my daughter ready. And then you stay silent pretty much all day. And then you come back and do meditation from like seven to 10 at night. And then you go to bed. So it was still very intense. It was 10 days. And I went into the retreat wanting money. Mm. (laughs) That was the goal. That was the result I wanted. That was the thing I went into it for. And 
it's 10 days, like six days in, I still hadn't had this crazy windfall and nothing was even aligning to bring any money my way. And I was stressed out and I was crying and I was like, this is like, what, why is this not happening? And I thought, okay, I came here for the wrong reason. So I made a quick adjustment. I was like, okay, this meditation, this retreat is not going to be the thing that helps me make money. So just let go of that. And let me just focus on the real intention of this retreat and enjoy it and get out of it whatever I'm meant to get out of it instead of requiring that I get this specific outcome out of it. And I went through the retreat and I just focused on the meditation and falling in love with that part. And then by chance, (laughs) I made the most money I've ever made in my business so far. Up to that point, I think my highest month was Mm $10,000. And I made $16,000 and it was something like $16,681 that month. (laughs) So I got the money when I stopped making that the goal and the result that I was requiring and the demand and the push and all of that. So it's not even just about transactional with other people. Mm -hmm. It's like, stop making those transactional requirements in yourself. Like I'm not doing it right. Or like I'm failing if I'm not getting the money or if I'm not getting this specific thing out of it. Like, oof, let that go. Let the process be just what it is and stop requiring things out of your spiritual practice or your alignment or your business or whatever. And I'm not saying to let it go because then it will come. Just stop. Right. Just (laughs) Just stop. Let it go. (laughs) That jewel you just dropped around, stop having a transactional relationship with yourself. Yes. Because if you think about it, that is external too. Like that is not, that does not come from your heart. That does not. It comes from wherever, the pain and the trauma and the external everything. One other thing I wanted to mention, which I feel like the opportunity to say this has come up a couple times, but then we get, we get in conversation and it just flows and I keep forgetting to say it, but the expectations thing, you know, you, you've asked me a couple of times, like how I've been able to face the fear and be courageous. Mm-hmm. And even when other people have expectations on me and even talking about this transactional stuff, it's a two way street. So the less I expect of other people and my expectations I put on other people, the more willing I am to let go of other people's expectations of me. So if you find that you're struggling to take those courageous actions and to take the risks and to do these things because of what other people are expecting from you, ask yourself if you are having these high standards and expectations of other people. And if you are, it might be a good opportunity to release and let go of that as well. Because nobody owes you certain behaviors or interactions or transactions. Nobody owes you that. 
And the more I let go of those expectations I have on other people, the more I feel comfortable and confident to stand up and and not let other people's expectations of me get in my way. The timing couldn't have been more perfectly aligned. (laughs) Is there anything else that you would love to leave with listeners today? Mm. I think it's just that reminder to, like, if things aren't going the way that you want or if you're struggling, it's just that reminder that the answers are within, the guidance is within, all the external, and we spend so much time in the external, it's within. And so find the time, carve it out, go within, shut things off, find quiet reflection time. And I think a lot of people don't don't do that either because they don't know how, which is like, Bro, you can make up whatever you want to just be alone and have some time. You can just ask questions in your in your mind that you want answered and just allow answers to come. Or people get really uncomfortable with what comes up when they when they do the internal work. And I just want to encourage them that the, it doesn't go away. <laughs> the longer you push it down or ignore it, it doesn't go away. So it might be a little uncomfortable to deal with it, but the longer you push it off, the longer you're pushing off your happiness and success and relief, and you deserve better. Beautiful. And if those uncomfortable moments come up, I mean, Mary's mentioned quite a few things that she's done in her life and you know, whether that's energy healer, whether it's Reiki or a therapist or breath work, finding that thing that works for you to help you get to that next level, to break through those things that aren't going to go away until you actually connect with them. And I love that you share that, you know, you deserve that. Like you deserve to have the life that that you desire and want. We will make sure that in the show notes, how to access Mary through her website, her social media channels, the Breathwork membership. Mary, thank you so, so much. I look forward to us continuing to stay on our journeys and connecting beyond this beautiful episode. Amazing. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I feel like every time we have a conversation, it's it's all new stuff. So (laughs) yes, and just as amazing and the way that you interpret some things that I like stumble through thought wise is really beautiful. Cause I go, Oh yes, yes, that's what it is. <laughs> so thank I thank you. you for sharing, you know, reflecting back what you're hearing from me as well. It's amazing. You're oh, very thank intuitive. You, Mary. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode enriched your life. If so, please leave a review, subscribe and share this episode with others. Let's continue to grow together, transcend to new heights and create a life that truly reflects who we are. I'll see you soon on another episode of Transcending Identity.